0: This episode of Uzo Talk is brought to you by Kingsford Smith Transport. Have a group that needs transporting? KST has you covered with their fleet of professionally maintained buses and coaches, catering from 9 to 57 passengers and driven by experienced drivers. Visit kstbuses.com.au to talk to the team and make your booking. Kingsford Smith Transport, proud sponsors of the Uzo Talk podcast. There's no Ouzo Talk without a bottle of Ouzo, which is why we love the Greek Provador. Get a real taste of the very best produce that Greece has to offer, from olive oils and delicious artisan sweets to unique spirits, earthy herbs and memorable wines. Visit thegreekprovador.com.au to see their amazing range. The Greek Provador, proud sponsors of the Ouzo Talk podcast. Sound is... Nick, we've had some pretty amazing actors and comedians join us on this show.
1: Have there been any highlights for you over the last year or so? We've had plenty, Tom, mm. and the highlights, look, there's, there's too many to rattle off. But, um, look, Lacatio always stands out. He's mm. always very active. Yep. Uh, George Capanaris is always there as well. Mm. He's quite funny. I think he's used some of our material now and then, hasn't he? Has he really? Yeah, I thought. Do we get royalties but... for that? What? How does that work out? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs>
0: Mary Kustis as well to help you out, Angelo
1: Taruka. they've been fantastic guests, haven't they? Excellent, yeah, you're right, and we've had most of the genre of our podcast has been comedians, hasn't Mm. it? But not just comedians, we're talking about actors
0: as well, because a lot of these people have done serious roles as well, or, you know, worked with serious projects, and have done absolutely amazing work as well, and believe it or not, we're about to add another one today. You ready for this one? Excellent, bring it on. All right, our guest is a Greek-Australian TV stage and film actor, Writer, producer, and director who hails from Melbourne. Where else, right? <laughs> He's played in films such as Wannabes, Kangaroo Jack, but is perhaps best known for his role in the Wogboy films, where he played Nick Ginopoulos' on-screen welfare-loving cousin Theo. Remember the neck brace? Yep. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> On TV, he was part of Australia's now iconic TV series, Underbelly, as well as Here Come the Habibs, and going much further back, Stingers, Sea Change, and Blue Heelers. Wow, you remember all those? Well, I remember Blue Healers. Absolutely. So he's a proud Greek-Australian who's devoted his life to performing and teaching acting and is currently working alongside the great George Kapinyaras to produce the show Life of Byron, which is what brings him to us today, Nick. So joining us in the distillery is the legend himself, Tony Nikolakopoulos. Welcome, mate. Hey, thanks, Tony. Tom. Thanks, Nick. How are you, mate? Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Great to have you here, mate. And look, quick story before Still we... Uh, yep. y- yamas, Yamas, oh, please through. do. We're starting early. Absolutely. Quick story before we start, uh, mm. because, Tony, you're responsible for a bit of a catchphrase in our family <laughs> between me and my cousin Steve. doesn't matter what you've done, whether it's something good or bad or indifferent, it's the mainstay <laughs> in the family. Good one, man. Good one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, the see. best one was when... Uh, was when we were having our second child, and we just told him, it's "Yeah, like, yeah. he's like, good one, man. Really, <laughs> <laughs> it works in a number of different ways." <laughs> so Classic. thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Good on you, Tony. <laughs> hey.
1: Well done,
0: oh, dear. So tell us about that scene, actually, because it's become iconic in comedy, as far as uh, as far as we're concerned. Actually, the scene with the neck brace in the you know with the welfare office. Oh <laughs> well, uh, like you know, it's it.
2: just like as an actor, you take on the character and um, mm. you you bring it to life. And you, get, you just get caught up with it and you're just enjoying what you're doing and then you yeah. go a bit larger and larger and yeah. just like, you know, I've met characters like that, you know, and grown up with them and you just you just push them a bit. You mm. push the boundary to make a them a little, little bit me. more comical. Yeah, buddy's <laughs> make <he exists>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, of Did you know they, anyone
0: exactly like that or anyone in the family or anything like that?
2: The sound of the character yeah. is a little bit of, um, uh, my brother had that sort of roughness about it. right. Him. Um, but then that dodginess comes from, you know, <laughs> guys dodgyness. you grew up with, you'd see them at the soccer, you'd see them at, you know. We all know them. At the, at the name days, it would always be that dodgy uncle that, yeah. You the know, I see. you're sort of basing it on. Yeah. Well, uh, now, the ones that used to slap you on the back, I don't know if you remember the ones that had that big fart, but yeah. they'd give you on the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. The back slappers. <laughs> we all the know them.
1: Classy. Did you get any uh, flack from the Greek community playing that role at all? People
2: still come up to me and say, yeah, hey, Steve, Steve, my name. Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I'm Paralympic. I'm Paralympic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 real flack. I mean, not really. yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's you know, good. I, I can't to... think of anyone coming up to me and saying that. They, they were offended by it. No. Yeah, fantastic. Good, good start. Well,
0: let's get into the show properly. I mean, we've Definitely. already had a drink, but let's do it in a formal one. way. Ready? Yep. Okay. Let's do it.
2: Cheers, cheese boys Siniyamas.
1: so what are we drinking nick what are we going with we've got uh, a, a great array here but we've gone mm. back to the mini Mini's one of our staples now. I think we've, we've been leaning mm. towards that for a bit. But um, look, we've got the, the vodka made from olives, as you discussed earlier, thanks to our great, great Provador people. The gin, which we've said it's one of the best ones we've ever had, haven't we? Stray dog, fantastic gin. Yeah, stray dog, quality. And your favourite, Corfu Uzo, <laughs> eh? What's that one? Corfu. Lazaris. Lazaris. Yes. That's it. Lazaris. Straight Lazaris. from Lazaris. Corfu. We had to have some sort of Corfu representation. Yeah, because we?
0: we don't have any on any of our episodes. No, That's no, we never talk idea? about Corfu ever. <laughs> Who's from Corfu? I am. Ah. <laughs> nice. little, just a little bit of bias creeping in, you know. doesn't matter. No, anyway. No, that good. N- that's yeah, That's it. That's right. That's it. Yeah, yeah, do you have a favourite out of uh, out of the, the Uzo's? Do you drink something
2: different? What's your go-to? To tell you the truth, when I was about 16... Here we go. ...we were going to a nightclub called Chevron back then with my cousin Dennis. <laughs> and we decided to scull a bottle of Uzo before going into Chevron. Wow. As you do, because yeah. you think, oh, yeah, I'm not going to spend... You know, Save money. Yeah. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, let's say it was one of those chundrous nights, you know, it didn't sit very well. And I hadn't chundrous. been able to touch ouzo ever since. <laughs> the whole sense of aniseed just made me go, oh, no, no, no. And I remember the first time in Greece with my uncle, he took me to a ouzeti. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to have to drink ouzo. Yeah, you because know, you don't want, you yeah. want to be polite. But I actually enjoyed it because the idea of drinking it with a museum mm. makes a lot of sense. But to drink it to drink it as a as a sculling so, drink before you go to a nightclub as a teenager was a bad yeah, choice. Classic. That's you know, we well probably name.
1: describe most of sixteen year old Greek Australians, Tom, what do you reckon? Well I pinched it from the you know the the,
2: the stockpile from, yeah. from dad. Well
1: that's where it comes from. We've all been all the same. I got scarred from Mozat at a really young age because we were drinking it and that's all mum and dad had in yeah. the shelf. Well you know why they had
2: it? All those name days. Everyone yeah, bought a bottle of right. Uzo over. What yeah. are you going to do with 60 exactly. bottles of Uzo? They're not going to notice one missing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the funny thing. Virtually everyone that we've spoken to about this, to a T, has said they've got a story to tell about Uzo. Awesome.
1: And it's never good.
0: <laughs> it is never good. <laughs> yeah, it always ends chunderous.
1: True. As you <laughs> Place here. But there's always a second coming. We always come back to it in our older age, and we mm. enjoy it. now. we enjoy it for the taste, rather than trying to save money and scull it yeah, you know, and get pissed that, early. Bro. My older brother, he's taken the tippero now. Yes, he loves tippero. That's where
0: we've sort of moved yeah. to as well. Oh, so really? It doesn't quite have the same ring tippero talk, does it? No, it doesn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, oh no for your show. No, your show. Your
1: show talks, a great drop. I love it. So we're from the mountains in Greece, so that's all we drink tippero. Mm, yeah, mm. so we love it so we do have a lot on the show but unfortunately yeah, we don't have any left I did maybe. have
2: some nice tuporo in, uh, in Kriti. Oh, oh really that was which was homemade from the mountains like mm. you just said and they, yeah. you know, and they, they um, well they give it to you at the end of, end of your meal as a mm. yep. as a sort of like a, a thank you a thank you an aperitif <laughs> and it's a thank yeah. you they don't
1: charge you for it mm. yeah,
2: yeah exactly love it
1: well, shall we start up with your credentials, Tanya? Yep. Tell us where your parents were from, grandparents, what part okay, of Greece? Okay, so well, uh,
2: Dad's side are from on near Pilo, a village called Petrohori. Okay. Uh, okay. And my mum's from somewhere not too far from there called um, Veli, which is, yeah, it's slightly more inland, but Dad's right on the beach. is a really beautiful beach near um, Vodokilia. I don't know if you know Vodokilia. Mm. And as far as I know, I think my mum's family came from north and made their way down to Billabornis at some stage. But as far as I know, my dad's, you know, the whole Nicolacopolis clan have always been from that part. You know, and they came out individually, met here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they both lied about their age when they got here <laughs> to get here, to get out of the poverty-stricken Greece. Really? Met, fell in love and had four boys. Wow. wow four mm.
1: boys. So was it their choice to come here or was it the, the grandparents? My dad wanted
2: to get out because there was no work. Mm my mum they sent her here with her sister and one of the brothers and his sole task was take the girls to to australia marry them off and come back but he's come fallen in love got married first and then worry about the sisters so he he wasn't looked favorably back by the the relatives back in greece wow
1: there you go and how old were your parents when they came out
2: dad i think lied and he was 17 and said, obviously said he was 18 or 19. My mum would have been like 16 and a bit or something, yeah, mm. 17.
1: Wow. And how did they get out here? Was it the
2: Patrice, like everyone else? Yeah, Patrice, Patrice. Wow. Oh, another one. There you go. What year was it? I think my dad was in the 50s. Oh, okay. A bit early? Like, yeah, 50s. And then my mum would have come a bit later. Yeah. For some reason I got the, the number 56 in my head. Mm. And my mum would have been 1960 or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. he'd already been out here for about four or five years. Okay. And thought, oh, you know, I need to get married. I need to settle down. Mm, yeah, you right, know, there you go. At, the, at the, you know, the old age of 24 or 25 or whatever yeah. it was. It was like, yeah, enough.
0: That's a very common story. Like mm. virtually everyone we've had on the show, number one, has had someone on the patris. Mm. And they've all come either 50s or 60s. Yeah. And, you know, you know similar sort of reasons, mostly economic. Yep, mm. and why Melbourne though?
2: No, he didn't. He went to the 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 what was the uh, Bonagilla first, mm. and then he headed up to North Queensland. He was working on oh, the sugar wow. cane, and then someone told him about. Yeah, he had a choice. Someone wanted him to get into a cafe in North Queensland somewhere, mm. but he had heard about work in Melbourne, which was back then for PMG, which was Postmaster General, which was mm. digging the trenches for for okay. the telephone okay. the cables. Yep. Yeah, and that's why he came to. He went, he came down and. You know, and one of those classic sort of stories where he was the one that brought out the extended family out and, you know, paid right. for everyone to come out, house them, set them up, kept sending money back to Greece, all yep. that sort of stuff. It was yeah. you know, So he would have been the, like the
0: family patriarch. Like, yeah, he right? was. He yeah, was right. yeah. So how many people do you think he's responsible for bringing out
2: that wow. clan? Good question. Oh, look, over, over 12 to 16. That's yeah, Wow. He, because no, like he brought his parents kids. out as well at one stage, oh, but they really? didn't want to stay, and then he didn't go back until thirty something years later. And uh, all he remembered is a seventy. Like, he worked really hard to get the um, olives and the and the grapevines because they had all these you know, property. you know, what he called blocks of lands, and he worked hard to sow the seeds and get them going, so they had something to live on. Yeah. When he got back, his uh, his brother-in-law, so the younger sister that stayed, part of her proxy proxy uh, was the stremata. Yep. And uh, my dad's gone back, and all he wanted to see was at what level in 30 years they those olives grown all the grapes and of course they'd sold them all off mm. and he oh, was wow. just he was devastated. he goes I never want to go back to Greece again I'm an Australian I've got no, that yeah. was that was his emotional tie to Greece that what he had left yep was no longer there so wow and he was he was devastated
0: hmm. wow so he go. became 100% Aussie basically well, no, <laughs> you
2: can't take the Greek out but what I'm saying the thing that he he felt he had grown and created in yes. Greece was no longer there. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah there's this. something about that growing something growing. A, yeah, you're right, because we were talking to someone the other day, and he was saying that some of the Greeks would bring out like seedlings. Yeah, in their <laughs> shoes, shoes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in their shoes and their cufflings, whatever, and they wanted to grow something from home here, mm. like whether it was a grapevine or an olive tree. Mm, you know, yeah, they're, they're, right. you know, and that for him must have meant something. So, that symbolism of mm, this is something from the top. I, of... I created that. Yeah and it's gone Mm. yeah wow wow and how did they feel settling
1: in Melbourne? Because the weather would have been different initially. With my parents, when they came out, we ended up moving from, we're from the mountains in Greece, mm. clean air, beautiful water, and they ended up living in Tempe, which is full of factories, pollution. Mm-mm. And my mum cried for three months, You reckon She goes, well, what is this place? You couldn't adapt. It took her a while.
2: I know that in Melbourne, most Greeks, we all complain about the weather. It's like it's cold or you yeah. get the four seasons in one day. Yeah, But I think there's a big part of them that appreciates Australia. Mm. And always did as a home, mm. but there's something in your heart and soul that sort of is about Greece mm. that you can't take that away. There's a feeling. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The only complaint I can remember is that there would be times where they'd say, um, ah, "Call Australia." So, yeah, there was that, and that would be a complaint about something that was ha- happening sort of domestically or mm. economically or so yeah, politically. It was never about. I don't, I don't remember ever complaining about the weather. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Okay. I suppose because they left so young. Yeah. yeah. You when know, yeah, you think about it up. sixteen seventeen. What yeah. do you remember? And it probably wasn't a, a good place anyway. Nah, it was poverty. It was um, yeah. We've gone through what World War Two, the um, civil, civil war, civil war. Um, the whole junta. Right? It was just. Yep. Yeah. It was just. Mm. There was no work for them in the villages.
0: Yeah. Well, what about for you growing up Greek in Melbourne? Did you experience racism where,
2: where you were growing uh, up? Yeah. Look, it sort of never really stops. It just morphs into something else. But yeah, totally. You know, at high school. Uh, I got to a point where I just wanted to be an Aussie. I didn't want to date Greek mm. girls. I wanted to become as much of a of a non Greek as I possibly could. You know, I went to university drama drama school again, trying to sort of break that shackle. And even though they would still call me Tony the Greek, or you know, they always made a point of saying that, so they were not really still call me a wog. As early on, yeah, you had to learn to defend yourself. Mm. But as you sort of get older, it still became an issue for them. Mm -hmm. It's like, because you don't hear anyone saying, oh, oh, there's Reuben the Jew. Um, But it's okay when you say that there's Tony the Greek. Yeah. But the interesting thing is I'd finished five years of studying and I'd worked in classics and Shakespeare's and whatever and I've come out and starting to attend auditions as an actor. You just realise that the options you're getting asked to audition for Mm -hmm. are all ethnic characters and then they're asking you to do it with an accent. And you're thinking, yeah, but I I don't speak with an accent. Um, mm. Why do you want me to speak with? The, why do you want me to put on that accent? Oh, because that's what you all do. You all speak really loud and mm. funny. You know, you just exaggerate everything. <laughs> and that you know, it hasn't totally changed today. You know, you'll still get. You'll get still a bit of that today.
1: Would you say that as um, racism, or just more of a cultural thing? Because I know what you mean. I grew up same sort of era as well. I wanted to be anti-Greek. We grew up. My brother was a surfer, surf life lifesaving, mm-hmm. bodies zoom, playing rugby league instead of soccer. But then something changed in us. Mm. You know, I think it was my trip to Greece came back. Yeah. And what am I avoiding? This is a great culture. And then everything just changed from there. But I used to get called the Greek all the time. Yeah. I used to get called Cropo, short for Acropolis now, when that came out. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, end of the day, I sort of embraced it. I thought, yeah, good, no, I'm angry, it's good. i have yeah, not yeah, yeah. nothing to hide. But I understand what you went. You probably would have had a lot worse than what we did growing
2: up. Yeah, look, you know, I mean, high school they used to call me bazooki. Uh, there are worse things. Yeah, you got <laughs> called wog or you know yeah. sleazy, greasy, all that sort of stuff. And but what happened? I don't know so much in Sydney, but in Melbourne, what happened was the culture changed because the Greeks formed a strength. Let's call it, mm. and they became yeah. very feared. Yeah, mm. You're united. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that sort of started from the sort of late seventies into the eighties. So they they weren't sort of a, a community that you generally wanted to to upset, let's say.
0: Right. Yeah. So they, ha- what did that actually look like? Was that those community groups or something, or was it something different to that?
2: They, look, there were different forms of gangs that formed, but there was just right. like a, there was a confidence and a strength in the in the Greek that sort of form. And it was present in nightclubs. It was present uh, in cafes. It was yep. present on the fashion strips. And so they became popular in one way, but mm. in the world that I was working in, it wasn't quite seen that way still. Mm. It was still seen as, okay, this is an ethnic type. Mm. Let's engage it, let's let's employ it, let's work with it, but let's not make it quite mainstream. Right. Other cultures, they were allowed to sort of be seen in, in a more mainstream fashion. Yeah, right. You now, in America, for example, it's very common. For, you know, Jewish, Italian, they were just totally accepted. Mm. The Greeks didn't quite get there as much as the Italians and the Jews sort of mm. culture. As far as stories being told, it's near, what Neva Vidalis has done is probably the most... Probably is just that, you know, isn't it? I'm just, I'm just, you know, you try and think and you can't think of anyone
0: else. I mean, Telly Savalas was obviously very proud of his Greek heritage and yeah. spoke about it, but I think you're right. Like, no, not many people actually went and tried to own the story and start to write about it and, and yeah. put it into mainstream culture. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, good you think point. of anyone?
1: No, I can't. I don't know if it's the uzo, But no, I can't think of anything. But...
0: <laughs> well, Zorba was probably the first thing that well, that became really
2: mainstream, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's definitely. Anthony Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's Mexican. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Most famous Greek in the world is Mexican.
2: Yeah. You know, and that was that was based on a really well written, crafted novel that mm. was looking at what the story was about. It was very, you know, it was something that needed to be discussed in the time because it was mm. dealing with communism. It was dealing with all sorts of all sorts of issues, and it was a really well made film. But if, have you watched that recently? Yes, we did we a have, whole episode yeah, on it, right. actually. So you'd be mortified. You'd look <laughs> at some of those scenes and you'd think, oh my God, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: we had a really lengthy discussion about it with, um, who was it? Brasida, uh, who mm. is obviously an expert on you know, Greek film in particular. And then mm. also George Ellis, who you know knows oh, yeah? Mickey yeah. Theodorakis' music inside out. Mm. The insights we got on that episode about that text,
1: like yeah. we didn't expect half of it. Yeah. It was mm. bullshit by the end of it. It was. Like just <laughs> yeah. all the
2: hidden meanings behind everything, oh, the hidden stories. Greeks, Greek filmmakers in particular, and the storytellers, they're riddled with symbolism. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's their... The, the, his, oh, I'm going to forget his name now, Theodosopoulos. He's one of the only... Yeah, you know, he won the Khan Film Festival. Mm. His films were just, you know, it was just symbol, symbolism after symbolism. Yeah. So mm. you have to really... You know, there's a, there's a scene he did a film with Harvey Keitel mm. where one scene runs for 10 minutes... And it's Harvey Keitel's character on a on a boat on a river, and that's all that happens for ten minutes. But wow. for him, there's obviously so much more in there. Right? Yeah. You know, we're a modern day director would you know that would be a like that, that's it, that would be ten fifth, seconds fifteen <laughs> seconds. <That's, laughs> yeah. Let's move to the next. Yeah, second. he he would love to sit there in a moment and let you ponder. Mm.
0: Were you inspired by texts like Azadzaki at an
2: early age or you know Zorba or anything like that? Um, you'd be surprised who I was. My, my, my main one that I thought from Greek, let's say if we're talking about Greek, was Wow. <laughs> I right. think we all oh, were. And that's, and that's because I didn't speak Greek very well. Yeah, but you could <laughs> but swear well. It, but I, here it was, there's this character and he just swore he was vulgar, yeah. he was brash. <laughs> and for me, as a teenager, I thought, oh, <laughs> That's oh I, love me. Yeah, yeah, good. I love this guy. I love this <laughs> guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then some of the other classics like Vuzar and Yeah. Of you course. know, but Salty for it was, it was something different altogether. It was... He sort of got to a level, which is unfortunate, where people started to dislike him. Mm. But you've just got to see where... You know, what he created was quite unique. Mm, definitely. Know? And yeah. his
0: serious roles afterwards, in in many respects, were even better than his comedic
2: ones. Yeah. He, he was a serious political activist. Mm. You know, um, which what people didn't realize, but th- his comedies were—he's you know, his, his crust. That's how he made his living. He was unholy. You know, white. and he did things that we thought, but we thought, oh, yeah, but I won't say that. Yeah. <laughs> know, but the, the difference is, he and that's it. what a comedian, a true comedian is—he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna say, and he's gonna push the boundary where you're either gonna laugh, you're gonna get embarrassed, or you get offended. Yeah. <laughs> and you got no choice. It's like you've got, you've got to push that boundary. Definitely. I've just got all these lines going through my head now. <laughs> It's, such about it's, that it's true what you say, though. Everyone thinks that, but you yeah. actually say it, shit. And then you look oh. at how does everyone react, you know? You know, you, look around, it's, you know, and I don't want to get too political, but you've got Sam Newman. I don't know if you guys know Sam Newman. He's yeah. saying, you know, let's boo the welcome to country, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yep. think we should boo anything. Mm-hmm. But you've got people that probably are thinking the same thing as Sam. For him mm-hmm. to say it, there are people thinking it, Yeah, you know? Then you've got... Um, what's the name, the Queensland politician? Um, Hansen? Pauline Hanson. Pauline oh, Hanson. Yeah. Yep. You know, she's got followers. So yeah. that's from a political and social point of view. And yeah. It's the same with comedians. Some they're not, not everyone believes in the whole woke society. Not everyone, yeah. you know, understands. But it's a cross-section. You know, and it's like they're going to question it. They're going to push that. And I think mm. that's what society is meant to be about. We're not... Yeah. We're not meant to agree on everything. And that's Definitely. very Greek. It, yeah. 100%. That's the, the whole point of democracy, is yeah. that, you know, <laughs> We're meant to argue
1: about stuff. Yeah, questioning. Wow. So tell us, how did it all start about with you with
2: um, comedy and acting? Was it a young, how old were you when oh, you were? Just, you know, normal going to school, then realising, oh, good. I'm actually quite good at this drama stuff. I don't mind improvising and I don't mind doing this. It's just good dressing up. And so then you're sort of toying, oh, can I do anything with this? So then that eventually got me into uni. So I did five years of study.
1: Mm. Did you have like parents or uncles and aunts? Oh Is yeah, that my dad like said, that? come and
2: work at Telstra. Come and work at Telecom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then it'll be after you. To... <laughs> um, I remember once playing Superman in a show called Man of Steel and I was wearing blue tights and red jocks. Yeah. <laughs> Except, But then I went to drama school and I started to do all that real symbolic, deep metaphorical, symbolic and all that stuff. Arty farty stuff we call. My parents would come along and they'd see me dressed as a bird playing in a to play you know, waving my arms and you know it was just one of those <laughs> anyway you know i took them to shakespeare they came to see me do shakespeare they yeah nothing but then it's sort of like i finished that then i was in you know i went back to and i got offered to go back and lecture and work at the uni mm. so in directing the shows and wow and i set up a production company and and then sort of got into the idea of i wanted to do my own work and that's where we come up with a, a show called The Last Proxy, mm. which there was then, my, you know, my dad sort of saw merit in that sort of stuff because, oh, now I can relate to that story. That's the big key. It's about what, for some people, if they don't have an education or an understanding, it's about if I can relate to something, it affects me. Therefore, I see value in it. And that sort of took me down the path where I was caught in this, like, do I like acting, directing, producing, writing? I've been teaching it. I mean, I, yeah, mm. so it means I, I like all of it you just mentioned the reaction that your dad had mm-hmm. was there a
0: moment you know where he said to you that's not a real job you can't do that oh yeah and yeah what? I remember him saying
2: I was at uni studying and he'd come to see I don't know what year I was in second year mm. third year and he said <laughs> I can speak right on this show can't I yeah, of yeah. Of uh, of I think back then it was called Telecom so yeah. Telecom yeah mm. I said, no, 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 this is what... And he'd say, yeah, you know, he'd just shake his head in disappointment. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't one of those men that would over-lecture. Mm-hmm. He'd say his piece and then let it go. It wasn't like, you know, an ultimatum. It wasn't like, you know, we're not going to support you. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, what you're doing is rubbish. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Did it help the fact that you had three other brothers? All all different. So the oldest one, he was more in, uh, into the accounting side of w- way of working. Mm-hmm the second one who's passed he's passed now but he was more you know DJing clubs then went into sort of maintenance and painting and sort of that you know so he was more physical mm-hmm. and the younger one went down the path of soccer so he played for South Mum for a little bit went to America okay. really came back and then um, he too then got into DJing and then started creating his own nightclubs and stuff so he was sort of Probably the disappointment for my dad was he would have liked him to play soccer a bit more. Yeah, but he was successful in his own right because let's mm. say you're successful if you're a lawyer, or mm, a doctor, doctor, or whatever, yeah. or if you're making money. Yeah, yeah. doesn't yeah. matter what you do then as long, you know, you That's that's, that's how they measure success. Yeah, yeah. but Fair the right. arts is a hard one for them to stump as migrant. As well. It was yeah, a hard yeah. on the stomach. because I can't relate oh, to, it. You they, to it. What does that mean? Yeah. I left
0: poverty so you can, you know, a, so you have a better future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chris up as a bird, yeah. <laughs> You know. <laughs> so when did the whole Greek comedy and ethnic comedy start to become an option? Can you pinpoint a moment no, when yeah, it started
2: look, happening? So I remember being at uni, maybe in third or fourth year. I can't remember if I'd finished. But that's when the show, Wogs Out of Work, had started to present itself and it went, it went crazy. It went, you know. I think there were two companies running it for two years all around Australia. So that was probably where everyone's sort of sort of thought, these guys have just put on what we normally do in our backyards or with our cousins or whatever, but yep. they've made a show out of it, yep. and it's entertaining and it's making money. So people actually like this stuff. We just thought it was just, you know, you know, Jim and I. You know, I was like, you know, and then from that, sort of all sorts of um, shows started to birth out of that, where I don't know if you remember the comedy company, you had Mark Mitchell... Mm. Had the the fruitera, which yeah, became, a, sen- became yeah. a sensation, yeah. then you had Acropolis. Now that birthed out of that. From those things, a lot of things have then sort of come into fruition as far as mm. you know ethnic ethnic comedy. But you know, our, we did have Kingswood Country, but that character was—I wouldn't say he was Lex you know, Marinos. Alex Marinos. It was like you know, it was more like he was a he was a token mm. back then. If you if you sort of I don't know if you remember put the money on the walk fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then from there you He's had punching Br- Bruno Lucia who was in a show called All Together Now who was an Italian sort of dodgy mm. manager who was, you know, had that sort of, you know, that sort of walk nature mm. about him. It was like, so these characters were coming in and more and more into the mainstream, but mm. the the only problem was is they were never allowed to develop to become anything more than just that ethnic stereotype. Right. Yeah? And that's where I'd look at it and I'd think, yeah, i think, yeah, this is fun, this is fun, but I wonder if we try something different And still keep that sort of, that that energy, but make it more relatable, you know, so it's not just making sort of a a mockery or just trying to find the humour in it, Mm. trying to find a bit of truth in it as well. Mm.
0: Has that happened more so as time has gone on? Is it easier now to to do that, do you think?
2: I don't know if it's, it's never easy. I mean, you've just got to, you've just got to make an offer and if Mm. it works and people engage with it and successful, then it, then it becomes easier Mm. for, for the next person to do it. Yeah. So you look at my big fat Greek wedding; it's sort of doing that, yeah, but it's still relying on the on the the good old measured gags that we've all done. Mm. You know, they're not they're not unique. We, we we all know them, and and so it's about take it's just about pushing it a bit further. There's a comedy troupe in um, Greece called um, uh, Radio Arvilla. Villa. Love mm. them. We you know it. Favorite. favorite. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's good Greek or ethnic or social yeah. comedy, and it's yeah. not relying on. Anything other than and man you know, before that, yeah. which is the same group of same yeah, group of guys. It's not; they're right? it's not, it's not trying to. They're not trying to overplay or overdo or send up. Mm. It's just observation. I find yeah. this funny, and it's funny for everyone. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all. but I think we tend to think, "Oh, we got a pigeon in that hole." Mm. You know, uh, what's the surname of the person? Oh, yeah, that's ethnic, just because of their name or just because of their their eyebrows. You know, we're wow. you know, instantly putting into yeah. ethnic, and then there's some people that are happy to use or promote or over promote that mm. fact because they're just going to draw on they just want that crowd comedy and entertainment and theater should be for everyone mm. definitely it doesn't matter who it's about it doesn't matter because the, the character's greek or the
0: yeah but it has been a great springboard though hasn't it you know i mean some fantastic names have come out of it obviously
2: the orgs out of work you had you know nick, you know, nick, nick and, and, and mary and george um you yeah, simon were the the, the the four main ones that sort of came out of it mm. then and then it's it's grown now i mean you look at Sushi Mango, who yeah. they grew up watching and admiring that. You know, now they've they've sort of just got gangbusters with their stuff. And then you've got interesting comedians like Joe Vardy who mm. who's slightly different again, but doing gigs overseas in Europe and Canada and so forth. But, but it's about constantly sort of stretching and trying to find something new to a point, can we ever be accepted as mainstream mm. and contemporary? Or are we always going to be... I don't know, these are the ethnic ones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. that that's that's what annoys me that we've been here for so long mm. we've created and given so much we probably represent most of australia on a demographic point of view but we're the least represented for our our truthful stories yeah when mm. it comes to you know sydney theater company when was the last time you went there to see a show that had a greek no idea no <laughs> belgly street i can probably you know i think they have they've yeah. they have sort of toyed around with one every now and then but it's not common and Mm. No, is it on TV. Mm. Yeah, do
1: you think possibly it maybe there is, but because we all sort of look the same now, we've all blended in, we've married into different mm-hmm. partners now, might be like half Greeks out there. Do you think that's sort of there's a blend of that in there now, or well, not really? No, I'm
2: not saying that there's no characters in a show that might not have a Greek heritage. Okay. But what I'm saying is you're never in a Greek household, or never oh, is the I main assume, protagonist we- character. Of a Greek background.
1: Do you think it's changing though, or not really? It's still the same.
2: Oh, we're trying, Nick. Yeah. It's not. You know, but if, unless someone we make an effort, yeah, and say this is what we want to see, it's not gonna. It's not gonna happen naturally. Mm. Someone's got to write it. Someone's got to. Yeah. Someone's got to create it. Then that sparks a new idea. Then sparks something else. Yeah. I'm not saying it. That's it. You know. I'm just saying that's what I want. Yeah. To watch something that I can relate to, as well as everything else. It's like you love NRL and you can't just watch NRL for the rest of your life. You've got to look at, you know, Victorian football, like <laughs> AFL. <laughs> Soccer. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But imagine if they stopped playing NRL yeah. and they said, No, that's only for the paddocks. Yeah. And now you're gonna start watching only AFL. How would you feel? You'd say oh, listen every now and then I wanna watch yeah. an NRL yeah. game. Yeah. You know. That's that's what that's, what, yeah, was, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I can't remember what states are in Australia, but there's been some you know, when you go touring you flick through the TV yeah. and you want to watch the Aussie game, you want to sorry, the footy, the footy yeah. whatever, and they don't cover it. Mm. Yeah. And you're going, oh, you're going. <laughs> you yeah. know? this is before the internet. Yeah. Correct. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, good. No, well, some. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying yeah. that it's not at all. Yeah. But, honey, how many mm. Greeks are there in Australia? Uh, how many? There's probably a million know. if you Close count, count the generations. Yeah, yep. There's no, represent- no true representation. Mm. from story point of view Italian's probably the, you know a similar thing yep. Croatians I can't remember the last time there was a Croatian story Croatian yeah. we had Jeez. the Lebanese we've had the but it's like the Ibrahim story the last king mm. of the cross yeah that's right but how true is that of a Lebanese story Mm. At least they're Lebanese characters. Yeah, yeah.
0: Obviously, you're doing your bit to try and make sure that that voice is still there in a in in a way that you find palatable and the way that you want to do it. What sort of inspired you to start writing the way that you have? And obviously, Life of Byron who, that you're doing with George Capanyaris
2: is mm. I suspect, is a, a step in that direction. Yeah, look, that's something that sort of started to develop with an idea. I saw George doing some stand up at a place here in Sydney called Stecky. Yeah, um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> It's and coming I, back. I said, I said, oh, I've got to create, we've got to create another show, you know, because George has got, you know, there's so much talent there. And people won't know, I mean, for what a, you know, what a great actor he is. So we sort of started talking and catching up and improvising and filming and writing, and the, and then, we knew that we wanted a story to be sort of mother son related, but not sort of stand up style, but in a way that it's theatrical. It's telling a story that there's there's humour, but there's also drama and there's pathos, and so we sort of just. Develop that, and with a with me was the mind of I want this to be able to be seen as it could be a mainstream show. Mm. There's no reason why it should only be shown, you know, in, in like a whatever you want to call it, walk show, ethnic show. Yeah. It actually can be something that NTC or STC or the Belvoir could program, Yeah. Mm. and it, anyone could go and see it because they can all relate to it because mm, this yeah. the story is about a mother and son. But then people would additionally relate to the fact that. I can see me there because of the Greek mother or the the Greek son. So there's a, there's a sort of duality purpose there as well. Well, for those who don't know, just give us a high level view of what the story's about. So Byron, he's in his fifties, he's a well, he's missing in action because he's at his midlife crisis and he's away overseas doing what you do. He's lured back by his his very practical sister, saying we need to make a decision about mum. She's got early signs of dementia and we need to put her in a home. Sell the house. You're the executor. You got to sign and put it away. And so, as he reminisces and reflects through his baúlo, he's haunted by you know past memories from as early as childhood, through to the, sort of the you know ten years ago, let's say. So he goes through first aid primary school right right through, and his mother has been omnipresent or present all through that, mm. and he's blamed her for everything. But what he also comes to realise is that he's never really taken any responsibility for much in his life right and so he's, he's riddled with guilt and um, the dilemma is he, he can't make that decision to put his mother in a home it's too hard a decision for him so he, he needs to make a choice can he look after her is any part of this biographical no look there's a lot of george and myself in the decision making in the thought process and in some of the stories yeah. But neither of us have got a mother who's got early set dementia. Mm. I mean, George has got an auntie that went through it. But no, it was not biographical in mm. that sense. But there are some scenes which are very much autobiographical.
0: If only we had George here to ask him about oh, it. Geez, <coughs> <goodness. laughs> oh, George, is that you? I'm hey. just enjoying a an news, and I've dropped <laughs> in and. I was wondering who that was in the corner. Yeah, was that really giggling in the corner? So. <laughs> Welcome, George Caponiaris. Hi, boys. How are you?
3: Good, Good to be back. back. Welcome to be back, back to the
1: show. Yeah. Good to see okay. you, I mate. didn't forget the address. I no, you didn't. I <laughs> found it pretty easy. No, it's like you just snuck <laughs> in and you got yep. your Uzo yep. and you made yourself at home. That's right. Had some, had... What am I drinking? The green one. The green the one. Mini.
3: mini. Maybe we can get him on as a sponsor, Tony. <laughs> this is a nice one. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, it is good. It's a
0: beauty. That's that stuff. It is yeah. quality. Well, now that you are here, George, tell us a bit about it from your perspective. Tell us about the aunt. Who?
1: Yeah, uh, my aunt. So we,
0: while we were writing
3: this, then we were given the job by my uncle. He said, "You're the executor, or do you want to be the executor?" Right. None of the the other cousins really wanted to do it, and my wife and I took on the job of um, looking after my auntie and mm. my, my uncle, who passed away shortly after that. And then my auntie was, who didn't know anything apart from hairdressing. Mm. She couldn't do anything else. She couldn't even cook and clean, you yeah. know, because she never did that. Mm. So we cared for her, and we. She didn't want going to go into a nursing home, and uh, she said, "You know, this is my house. I want to die in my house." Yeah. And uh, and basically, that was it. Was a hard. It was a hard gig. Mm. It was like she was so stubborn. You couldn't even,
0: you know, Greek stubborn. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: the stubbornness is <laughs> stubborn, but. You know yeah. we we did our best, we tried our best, uh, and in the end you know we found her a place to go to a mm. nursing home but she um she passed away before yeah. we could get the sneaker in there yeah, right. we tried we had to do it on the on the you know on the sneaky we had to you know and she went to hospital because she fell mm. we were waiting for her to recover so we could just take her straight from the hospital to the nursing home wow you know sedated or whatever it 's the only way we could do it yeah. and she passed away, mm. which was probably good for her because I think she would have not liked it. Some people love it. Some people, you know, I was doing a lot of work for Bronya at the time, which is a, a company in Melbourne which, which cares for the elderly. And they have things like where they have clubs and where, you know, the elderly go to have fun, you know, mix and socially and, you know, play games and, you know, culture and all yep. that sort of stuff. My auntie was not interested at all. Yeah, she right. didn't mm-hmm. want to mix. She didn't want to mix with old people. Wow. She was that sort of mm. personality. And it was it was funny that we were writing this show and then that happened. So I really had first hand experience. Oh, so, it ha- so the show. The came yeah, this the, mm. the show we wow. started writing this before we got into that. So it and just I, with and this forward. one I was my my uh, cousin had to care for his mum and he just dropped everything. He had a job as a yeah. pilot, dropped everything for ten years and looked after his mum who had Alzheimer's. So mm. And he was doing things like, you know, grown man, you know, cooking, yep. cleaning, but cleaning her, you yep. know, mm. dressing mm. her, putting her in the shower, all that yep. sort of stuff, which I think, you know, I bowed down to him because he's, you know, mm. I don't think I could ever do that. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. And that's, um, that's the questions we're all asking, whether you're Greek or not,
0: mm. Mm. you know, you'd be Aussie, you're going to go through this, you know, what are you going to do with your parents? What were the feelings when you, out of all of the, those cousins, were made to be the executor there? I was shitty. I was yeah. shitty
3: about the whole thing. Why, Why? you know, and my wife's going, well, look, we've got to do it. Mm. There's no one else, you know, it's a good thing to do. Yep. And I'm going, stuff Then you know, why can't they, you know, mm. make Step a phone up. call? Why don't they go visit her? Why yep. don't, you know, because people mm. have got busy lives, they've got yep. kids, they've got their own families, they've got probably their, their partner's families to care for. They don't have time. People mm. don't have time these days. So yep. uh, I guess, you know, it was lucky that my wife and... Uh, and i were there for my auntie and, you know mm-hmm. she didn't have kids so mm-hmm. so we became her kids in a sense you know
0: well reading about the show and hearing about it i couldn't help but feel that everyone's been touched by a similar story when it comes you know when it comes to this sort of thing and i think that's what's going to get people more than anything to buy into it because they're going to see part of themselves in it is that a fair fair assessment? it's an aging population and
3: you know we've got really busy and fast lives so it's going to be a lot of that going on, mm. you know. What is the right decision? What makes you feel right? And that's that's a big part of of doing this. Also, the, the big challenge for me is to the acting side of things where mm. I'm not doing stand-up, you know, easy, good old stand-up. I'm actually doing serious acting, I'm doing some comedy as well. My delivery has to be different to a stand-up comedian. So when I'm doing there's a lot of monologues in there where it takes us through a journey through time. Mm. So from a five-year-old to become a 15-year-old. To a mid-20s to a you know divorcee to a single again to a you know it's a huge challenge also learning a script which is so big <laughs> like I was Tony telling Tony the other day he'd been what I mean you know halfway through the rehearsal process I'm going how can I get out of this like yeah. how, like can, can you win Tats Lotto or something so we don't have to do this because how much because it wouldn't sink in yeah I just there's so many costume changes yeah. and changes a character that it was daunting yeah that a, a couple of nights you know, my wife's going, you'll be fine. You know how to do this. You're the best at this. Just do it. You're waking go, up in a cold oh, I sweat. Th- I, can't, I don't think I can do this. Uh, how? How am I going to? I was saying to Tony, can you just ring a bell or something so I know it's the next thing. Like, wow. now it's like drinking water. It's uh, Uzo, I Maybe should say. It's like drinking oozo. It, Uzo. it yeah. just goes down really easily. But two weeks ago, I was just sweating. Really? really sweating. Yeah, look. So it's um, a so huge challenge and great experience to be acting with um, my co actor Maria Theodorakis who's a you know a kind of NIDA type of actress you know mm. AFI winner mm. theatre actress works for the STC MTC you know a different style to me mm. so it's been a, we clashed a lot of times because yeah, we have right. different styles but we're working each other out and we're blending beautifully mm. so it's not like working with you know one of my you know, comedy mates, yeah. it's it's a different level. Yeah. Which is a great experience for
1: me. Yeah, I was gonna say, so that, Tony, you say you, you you're a writer, or a producer and an actor. Do you actually when you're producing, do you clash with the actors? Yeah, and directing. And when you're directing, directing. does it ever happen? I'm sure it does. So,
2: well it, it depends he's very your, he's very patient. I'm he's very patient, director. I'm diplomatic, mm-hmm. I understand what the actor's going through. Mm-hmm. The whole process is quite collaborative so you've okay. got to find a way of speaking their language or finding their language or read when the we you can sense they're getting a bit insecure at that point for mm-hmm. because it's sometimes it's the first else. couple of
3: days with maria was like a boxing match it was really? like say si- you know sizing each other out really you know, yeah. trying to where we can take a jab yeah. where we can you know In and tony way, was though? coming going hey mm-hmm. you're right you mm-hmm. calm down you this, this it's going to be great don't worry he mm. just kept on reassuring both of us. Mm. So
1: what what were you arguing over? Is it like, just
3: different styles?
1: Okay. So I've got a habit of just explain. If that. I can't
3: remember the line, I just improvise my way through. Ah, right. right. Maria's going. I need that line. Yeah. <laughs> got it. You got to give me that line, or I can't do the next line. Yeah. That's how I work. Be better. Okay, and, well, and, I'd, on, and I'd be work
2: different. them individually. So I'd go okay. off with Marie and have a chat to her and say you know, this, 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 and, da, 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 you know, whatever. It's like pep talks. Yeah. And I'd be doing the same thing to George, but without them realising. Because mm. yeah. what happens when your insecurity takes over as an actor, you might, you start to think that the other person's actually disliking me or not trusting me yeah. or doesn't believe in me or doesn't have faith. And you just, you're just trying to get them out of their head yeah. and sort of work together. A bit like, you know, a bit I, like I, sport, you know. I think the first day cause the actor, I, insulted, I,
3: coach. I insulted Maria because we did a read-through and I've gone you're not going to do it like that, are you? Which is the worst thing to say to a Great for confidence. MTC actress. Yeah. You're not going to do it like that. Yeah, that's, and she, now she now had do this look at it, I go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Because normally if you're in a band, no, yeah. play it in G, don't play it in yeah, A. Yeah. You know, it's just we just throw them out and then we yeah. just move on. And she held under that for a few weeks.
1: Wow. Classic. And then and then a couple
3: like of weeks later she goes, don't tell me how to hack one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and then from then on, she's just been directing me good. for
2: the last four weeks. It's yeah. like, but I don't say anything. I just go, great idea, Maria, great idea. It's hard. Look, you know, you've got Maria, who's, um, she's a Cretan. Yeah. Oh, I so that's right? Yep. But yep. She's, she's a strong, strong, you know, opinionated person who writes, acts and directs.
1: Okay. You Which is right? great because we've got Which some is
2: good.
3: F- fiery scenes as yeah. well. Yeah. So we've George got some... also writes yeah. and he yep.
2: acts. I think you haven't, you haven't really directed, but you sort of direct your own yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's not my thing. So That's you've got me. you see so you've got people that have got a, opinions. Mm. They're not just they're not just waiting for you to tell them what to do. Yeah. So therefore, you're going to get a a, a sort of a, a better quality of work out of, mm. these, out of these people because they're offering mm. and they care and they want to. You know, they want to constantly make it better. They're not interested in just like just tell me what to do. Mm. Yeah, you know, tell me how to say it. When. Well, you know, you know, not waiting for you to say, "Oh, you're good. You're doing it really well." They're they're sort of self-criticizing themselves and correcting themselves all the time. So, yeah, it can get a bit murky at times, but it's for the better of the show. Mm. Yeah.
0: It just sounds like, from a director's perspective, you'd be like, you'd have to be the best football coach ever mm. because you're it's managing exactly different people yeah. and trying to get the best out of them. Yeah,
2: you just you've got to keep them. On song, as yeah. I say, you know, it's like, it's just keep them trusting and working mm. and listening to each other and allowing them to feel like they're being heard.
3: You have to um, trust the director's vision too. Mm. And um, sometimes we're on, when you're on this side, you don't know what's, what he's seeing or she's seeing. Yep. Sometimes it maybe might feel wrong, but from that side, mm. it feels it's right. Like mm. we, we've got two halves in the show mm. and I, I kind of preferred the first half and then Tony just kept saying, "No, the second half's great. Again, I don't know what he. I don't prefer the first half. I don't know mm. what. But now I'm kind of loving the second half more because yeah. the second yeah. half is more the, more the better challenges have come up in mm. the second half. The first half is easy. Yeah. For me, the first half is basically, you know, what I do naturally. Yeah. Second half, I'm challenged.
2: Yeah. Which is interesting because we've had a, you know, a few people come to the rehearsal to watch. They've all said that we, you know, we really love the show. We, you know, it touched us and whatever. The first half's great, but the second half, there's something in that. I really love the second half. Mm. So they enjoy the whole show as a whole. The first mm-hmm. half holds. Yep. But the second half does something. Yeah, it takes them to another place. Yeah.
3: It's relentless when, yeah.
2: you're, when you're doing
3: it. And I go, oh, okay, Whew, got through that one. And oh, no, there's this one now. Oh, and there's this one now. Mm. Oh, and there's another one so it's kind of like there's no like, break just... it's not a break the, the level it's like playing a video game the level goes in emotionally up time Carter. until we yeah. finish mm. we're, we're, the first bit of the second half is a really hard scene mm. as a performer really tough scene and I get out of that and I go show's over no it's not Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah this is the yoga scene yeah. alright I've mm. got to do this now
0: so much yeah. like life <laughs>
3: Much yeah. like life. Yeah. And that's, well, that's why we call it Life of Byron, not only a yeah. play the, on the Monty Python Is it thing. draining, yep.
1: though? Is it like? Is that what you're saying? Like, you get to a certain point and you're acting so much, and when you sort of come down, it's It's almost like... Um, and you've got to lift yeah, yourself up like, again. Imagine you're a soldier and you've,
3: you've, you've defeated one mm-hmm. tough fighter, then the next one comes up, and then the next one, uh, and then the next okay. one. And then the next one, until... Yeah, you knock the microphone. You win the war, or whatever yeah, it is, or you're the... a football player and you yeah. kicked the goal. Now kick another one back. Round right. yeah. yeah. so Robin, keep going. Yeah, okay. And that's wow. what the feeling is. It's yeah. uh, and the adrenaline kicks in, of course, and it mm. takes you through. And it does feel when you when I'm in there, that I'm actually living the life of Byron. I'm mm. going through these different ages and phases, and not one scene is like the other. Yeah. Where I go, oh yeah, that
2: was a bit like the last scene. It's wow. Not... And how long does the show go for? In in time. It's uh, Look, two halves. It should be about 45-ish minutes each half mm. wow. with an interval. And the interval's great because it gives the audience a chance to go out, think that they're going to go in and then be taken by surprise by you know, where the show goes next. And it's only like two two-week seasons. So we've got a two-week in Melbourne and a two-week in Sydney. Mm. It's short, but you know we, we sort of want to leave an impression so that we hopefully can come back and, and do it bigger and better mm. next year with yeah. maybe some... Uh, some support from some of the mainstream theatre companies mm. okay. it yeah. it'd be great good. to
3: do it at the opera house or yeah. you know, oh, wow. somewhere which is
2: a, yeah. a non-wog event you know
3: a, a, you know, mainstream so we get yeah. everyone seeing because it, it's, it's, it's everybody's story it's yeah. not just a great story
1: so it's a, it goes comedy and then it's a bit serious and then comedy and serious is that
2: what it's all like? the way through Nick was wow. like life far out yeah. one minute you're laughing next minute you're stressed mm. next minute you're upset and you're crying about something yeah Just imagine what you go
3: through with your your kid. You know, they've just been through the teen years. Yeah, It's a tough time, isn't it? Mm. You know, and then it's okay. And then something else happens. Mm. And then it's okay. And it's, you know. It
1: sounds like a fascinating show. Like I said, I couldn't relate to it because my dad had dementia. We went Mm -hmm. through all that process. And everyone's ringing me now. When their parents go through it, Nick, how did you handle it? How did you? Yeah. What went? Who made the call to get him to a nursing home and all that sort of stuff? And how bad is it? I think most Greeks has the guilt thing about sending their parents to a nursing home. Yeah, I'm, I'm the total opposite to my mm. to
3: my character. I was like, "Come on, let's just." To my wife, please let's have some you know, logic. Not lens on after this. herself, please yeah. let's yeah. just no. Come on, let's try.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. a tough because we made the call on behalf of my mum. So my mum was looking after my dad. He'd fall over. And then I said to my brother, I said, listen, we're probably going to lose mum before dad, the way things
2: are happening. Yeah. So we have to make the call for And that, that happens. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah happens. that happens too. Yeah. But, you know, we, I mean, and, that, and that's what we talk about. And that's what Byron is experiencing. He's experiencing that guilt. Yeah. And that's why he can't make a decision. Mm. That's why he's struggling to make a decision. Yeah. It's an
0: even tougher decision when you consider the mentality that Greeks have towards that conundrum. Because if you go to Greece, no one does that. Nursing homes, like there, there are nursing homes, but very, very few people utilize them. Mm. People are taking time off work completely. They're stopping work, as you said, mm. George. Mm. And they're, they're looking after their parents. It's, it's, a a, it's a Western thing. Yeah, yeah. The other side of it that we haven't spoken about is
1: the <speaking> Kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, There's that, that side, side of, of it. There is that side. But, of but there too. is a bit of sense in that too. So we're, we're in Greece just recently, and the thing, the sense I got out of it, they're very communal people. Yeah, it's not like you know the the old saying is the village raises the kid. Mm. Like it's so true. There. The village now is looking after. Look, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you know, here not, we're very isolated. Yeah. We don't have that. Even though we're all Greek, we're all, everyone's busy doing because co- yeah, you know stuff. if you've got
3: to work late, you know the next door neighbour or the or the theatre down the street will come and kick in for you and it won't be a problem. Correct. Which, which you know, my mother-in-law from Earlwood. That sort of happens. Yeah. Then. Yeah. But if you're living in Bondi, yeah. and you're, you know, your mum's in Parramatta, yeah, and it takes two hours to get there, that's mm. a tough call. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, mm. you, you got to make sure they're looked after before they fall over, break a hip, and then you've got more problems. So yeah. what do you
2: do? I don't know if you've heard of the island of Ikaria. Yeah, yes. definitely. Which is Blue Zone. Blue Zone, yeah. You know, and that's, that's because... I mean they can't quite pinpoint it to one thing, but one of the major things is that everyone has a purpose at all times and I think that's that's mm. a big key here is that we work so hard, we get to a point where we're sort of saying, Okay, now you're retirement mm. and in retirement you're trying to find things to do but there is no purpose. Yeah. You know, sometimes you might have asked to look after the kids. It's yep. probably the only purpose you get. So mm. you've got your your GIP or you've got the idea Help that the I've, st- I've still got stuff to do, I like, can. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm helping out at the, this restaurant, or I'm helping out at the school. I You're think that's that's a that's a that's a true thing. It's like good I think, point, and that's where some people have that argument. I don't want to put them in the home because if I put them in the home, they'll die because there's zero purpose yep. there. Yeah. and that's the, that's the complication mm. now is of mm. what is the right
1: decision. Yeah, mm. dimensions a tough one though because yeah. when you get to a certain level, you can't walk, mm. can't do anything. So you got to yeah. be a twenty-four-hour carer. Mm. You know? That's yeah. where it gets tough. That's but a tough one. I picked up the Methodist Village. That's where mm. I really noticed it. Like it was such a community thing. Mm. We go to the local, the town centre, and people who don't work at the restaurant were getting up and helping if they saw they were busy. They were serving. They were doing this, doing that. Kids would run off. You know, no one would flinch because the neighbour I mean, down the road's yeah, keeping an eye on them. Yeah, like that's where I really He got lost the sense it at one point because my little bloke
0: just disappeared with a football in hand. He's like, Well, where is he? I'm like, oh, he's probably just gone to some house behind here. He's playing football with his mates. It doesn't matter. It's the only place I would ever be confident enough to say, I can't see him, but he's but I know he's okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. the plateau. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I'd get that feeling if someone was elderly in that community mm. that everyone would be helping out. Yeah. It'd be the neighbor. Oh, you go do your shopping. I'll keep an eye on her. I'll do this. I'll do that. But what happens in Athens? You but, know what happens. Yeah, in the, the, that's right. Yeah, Bukwari, The the, Soloniki,
3: the bigger places. So
2: yeah,
3: we unless you're there, you don't know. So mm.
2: yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure what Greece has got as far as aged care. I mean, I'm sure they've got it.
0: They do have it. They definitely do have it. But there's, there's it's either it's a pride common. thing or a that sense of responsibility where it's like the, put your parent in a home. You know, they raised you. Mm. you 've got to look after them, kind of thing. we had a similar conundrum with the with Dimitrazia I mean she you know she was more or less paralyzed you know for the last five years of her life by Australian standards. She would have been in a nursing home ten years before that mm. yeah here though my mother in law was going from the restaurant to the house to turn her mm. multiple times a day They were paying people to come in and look mm. after her because there was this whole thing about we can't you know we can 't put her in a home. Mm. She needs to stay at home. We
1: need to look after her. Yeah, very different mentalities. But that's great that you've made into a you know a show now because a lot of people will be
2: able to relate to it. Yeah, and I mean, ours is you also talking it. about the, the you know, she, it's early stages of it's like just the yep. first signs. Yeah, so we haven't okay. gone to that next level, and okay. so and the show is very much about yeah that's the catalyst for for sort of bringing these two into a drama, mm. but it's also what hap- what does it do to Byron. Mm. it makes him reflect and makes him think mm. and he realizes hey my mum's been there every part of the way but it's and uh i've been a prick to her every every part of the mm. way you know and that adds to his guilt you know he's sort of a widowed mother who never moved on and she's done everything she could for him but all all he sees is that she never did enough for me mm. so there's
1: that that's wow. the
2: emotional string that goes through it as well
1: the story
0: So, I just want to go back to rehearsing and you, George, you know, working with Maria. Were there many rewrites when it came to rehearsing? Like, did did good stuff come out of sitting down with Maria and workshopping a lot of stuff? Even last
3: night we had a Zoom, and Maria went, Nah, uh, uh, can we change this? Mm. I just want to say this. Okay, all right, let's have a listen to it. Mm. And we compromised on something between the three of us, but. Mm. Um, we're still going. Yeah, the, our, we've, oh. we've used Sally, our writer, who's still going, sending us paragraphs and paragraphs. Yeah. Can you put this in? Just put this in, I think.
0: Is there going to be an end to it?
3: No, there's point? an end. There is an <laughs> end. It's, we're talking about... <laughs> they're, little, they're
2: little minor tweaks now. Just yeah. like we're talking about you know, a line or two. <laughs> mm. But you've got to understand, over the course of the period, there's probably... We've written maybe six plus hours. Mm. Wow. of material. This is what it's sort of trimmed down to. So we had stuff about Lord Byron in there. We had, um, right. mm. we had ancient all sort of, history. Uh, all sorts of scenes that have gone on that are not relevant.
3: We had an eighteen-year-old scene and a twenty-one-year-old scene. So we merged the two together. You we know, had a magic
2: scene where you know we had an audience into participation scene in the very oh, early that. on. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that with puppets. Uh, oh uh, yeah, you know <laughs> we you're thought you're that was a great it's, idea. It's, yeah, until now. It's evolved, evolved. <laughs> you know and that's that's part of creating something and collaborating yeah. is that it's like you you start with as much as you can mm-hmm. and you condense it down it's a bit like picking a good footy team yeah <laughs> you know yeah. how many do you need to start with about a good 50 mm. to get down Squad to of 50 uh, yeah takes you down to how many nrl 17 yeah there
1: you go starting that's what it's like you know you yeah, you, you no, want too
2: I, much yeah and you just realise, ah, uh, dear, it's good, but it doesn't help. Mm, yeah, I've got well, I've got three of those things, and they're both saying this, they're all saying the same thing. We only yeah. to say it once. Just pick the
1: best yeah. one. Yeah, so you got it restricted by time, do you? You got to get it to. Plus, oh, you don't
2: want the
3: audience to go. Oh, I've heard this before. Is this? So uh, you don't want the repeat. Fresh in
1: Who ultimately
0: tests it in terms of saying, "Yep, yeah, that's definitely in." Is there a review process where someone within the group says, "Yep, that's you know that's definitely in"? Or in comedy terms, the Marx
2: Brothers used to take the show on the road before they'd do a film. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I mean, I sort of would say that the director has like the final, final, final say, but mm-hmm. in a very diplomatic way. Yeah. And then once we once we've presented this and we've had our two week run in in Melbourne and then in Sydney, mm-hmm. there'll be a, an edit done at the end of that as well, and right. that will come from. Just from the feedback, just from having watched it so many times, that you know you start to see where the thread has come loose a bit, and I think we need to tighten that little bit.
3: We've also done a few um, before we started rehearsing. We, how many readings did we do in front of? We've done about three or three or four readings. Mm. So we read the script in front of a group group of people, and they give you an opinion of you know what what they think it sounds like, what it could sound like.
0: These industry people or people, yeah, or industry, industry and, people. and friends. Let's go well, back it's... to your um, body of work now, Tony, because yep. we love the fact that you're here, George. But to- we haven't had Tony on before, so Jeez, boys. Finny Yamas. Finny Yamas. We spoke briefly about Wogboy Boy uh, at the beginning. Well, where does that film sort of sit in terms of importance when it comes to looking at ethnic comedy? I mean, it did it did amazing things in terms of. Look, uh, it was
2: surprisingly. At the time, it did really well box office wise. So Mm. no one was expecting it to do as successful as it did. And like I said, it it drew the audience (laughs) that sort of like that related to it and they could understand it. And it was on a not on the box, Mm. not on the stage, but it was on the big big screen. Yeah. You know, I'd have to say I was very surprised by the reaction that it Mm. got. You know, both you know the the financial success and the people that sort of like yeah come up to you and quote and sort Mm. of get excited about that film. But for me, I suppose from that, I was I was hoping that that was going to lead to stronger work, mm. like to take you – know, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's sort of like the Boy 2, the Wogboy 3 sort of carried in this almost like – a bit like my Big Fat Creek Wedding. It yep. didn't go that next level that they could mm. have. You know, for me, it was like – you know, imagine if you saw those Wogboy characters in the first one. Imagine if it led to the point where you see Steve Karamitsis married with kids mm. with, you know, a family oh, okay. rather than – you know, still going to nightclubs which is funny but mm. yeah. but there's so much more to find about evolution about mm. how we grow it's a good point actually very good you know, point very yeah. Good. Yeah. I think it mm. would have been a good show maybe you should start a different <laughs> franchise but what I'm saying is that <laughs> I'm not saying Come that on, that Nick? What, what, the show is better yeah. or worse what I'm saying is that our yeah. work should always be evolving because we are yeah.
3: Mm. As yeah someone that's done really well is uh, Christopher Tulkas you know yes. the head on was one of yeah. those movies where yeah. it took it to the next level yeah. you know the whole migrant story. Yeah. Mm. And there should be more of that. And there should be more quirky stories too, mm. you know? My Greek neighbours and axe murderer. Something like we've never done that. Yeah. You know, mm. something that just goes off the planet. Why not? Why don't yeah. we do why don't we take these risks? Well, in else? Australia in general, with mm. our storylines, we've never had something that
1: just goes mm. that next level. Yeah. Yeah. Do Greece ever play villains? Yeah. All the time. It's always the
2: Russians. No, no, no. Like no, no, James no, Bond. I'm no, thinking no, James well, Bond. You Bond. Were in a Greek Kings of the I've played lots of Greek villains. Oh there's... really? Yeah, there's lots of Greek villains. Um, you know, if you watch some of the American sort of FBI series, there's always a, a Greek. Ah, okay. The wire. The,
1: ca- the character
3: corrupt. I'm playing now in um, local council is a mm-hmm. Paul Fennick show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. It's about to start on uh, Seven Mate and Seven Plus. Mm-hmm. I'm playing uh, a mayor of a council. Mm-hmm. All right. Dod- and he's dodgy, and he's Greek. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry to all the Greek mayors out there. What, what, what is
1: it, Sydney or Melbourne? What council? <laughs> we
3: shot it in uh, Petersham. so okay. Petersham Council. But it's not Petersham It's called it's called Daradong. So I'm a okay. bad guy, Who but I'm actually a lovable words bad guy. Out there? <laughs> Greek is my vehicle because I'm yeah. a, in a Greek body in a Greek. Yeah, but definitely. could have been any Was any it, nationality. M- Modeled on
0: Salim Mahaja? maybe. The, well,
3: my oh, deputy really, um, my deputy oh, mayor is de- <laughs> uh, a Lebanese guy. Really done, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's John from that's uh, John Um... Bernard, You know yep. John Bernard that does all the uh, World Cup oh, soccer stuff? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, Vince Sorrenti is my mentor. He's, okay. a, he's a podcaster,
1: isn't he? John, John Bernard. John, yeah, yeah. He
3: yeah, did the okay. thing where he went to the World Cup and he was just heckling all the different <laughs> supporters. <laughs> I think, I, think I saw teams. him in Mykonos as well. He does a lot of rugby. He's a, is he an ex-rugby player? Yeah, or? I think he played rugby league for yeah. Lebanon. Yeah, yeah, and he's got there a twin go. twin brother. Yeah. So they they create havoc and all nice. sorts of stuff. But, <laughs> Very um, fun. So, yeah, and, of course, Vince Sorrenti, you know, he was, he's one of my idols in Australia in, in ethnic comedy. So before me, yeah. Vince was doing stuff, mm. you know, and we looked up to uh, to Vince. So it was great to work with him. Greek villains, mm. eh?
1: Greek villains. Well, yeah. I see. I was only there's, thinking of like James there's Bond. Things. There's always Russians or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, all all through the Greek '80s, villain. there's been a Greek villain in a James Bond film. Which one? The one that's been shot on the island with the casino. Casino Royale. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's Greek villains. Don't I do not he Albanian? The guy
1: with the scar oh, on his I can't head.
2: I not remember now, but I remember there being there's, have there's to been watch Greeks. It.
0: Mm. Okay. okay. Well, speaking of villains, what about Underbelly? Because you were part of that one as well. That was the a, second that was one a that I did. Movement.
2: Yeah, that was the Tony Mockbell, Fact mm. Tony. So, yeah, it was funny that character there. Uh, oh, you call him? A, I don't know if you can call him a villain. He's you know he just lives outside the norm. Tony Mockbell's best friend who gets him over to Greece. Mm. The funny thing about that is. I was sitting in a cafe in Templestowe, and this this guy comes up to me, and and it was his dad oh, wow. that I played, but wow. his dad had passed away, I think, in jail. Mm. I thought mm. it, was something. it was interesting because he was happy that I played his dad. He wasn't up, you yeah. know, he wasn't like he didn't feel offended or mm. upset, which was sort of, mm. you know, it was nice to sort of get that that I, you know, that sort of. Um, so
1: do you meet people from, say, the underbelly underworld, yeah, to get into character?
2: Look, I, he, I, I grew do your up research? in my early years working as a bouncer, and sort of frequented enough nightclubs and i have probably met enough gangsters to know. Look, they're just for me, they're okay. very charismatic and charming yeah. people. You just don't cross. You don't cross them. You don't. As long as you're not in business with them, that's when they, you know. And that's what is, and what we see on TV or you know, is the ten percent of their life. Mm. He's probably really corrupt and violent. Yeah. The rest is just not that. When, when Underbelly
3: came out, we just went, oh, that guy. He used to be at, um, what was that club we used to go to um, in the casino? Uh, heat. Heat, Heat, nightclub. Oh, that's the guy that I was used to say hi at the corner of the nightclub.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah, that's well. him.
0: I had no idea. It was just a guy.
3: Yeah. Hey, how young. So
0: you how know. did that feel for you guys, you know, coming from Melbourne, to say these are people and characters that we know of and that we yeah. would pass by and you know they were just normal people you know I live in that area that you know uh, Alphonse Mm. lived Mm. in
3: you know and uh you you know Mick Gatto my brother went to school with Mick Gatto's son well I know Mick you mm. know we we see these people every day you know how you going what are you doing blah 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 but there's that other side that we don't know about Mm. until it comes out in the movie
2: (laughs) right okay so
0: it's fair to
1: say it's just their occupation occupation, maybe
2: maybe. yeah look it is it's just that's what their that's their business yeah. I wouldn't say I see them every day but when you see them it's just like it's uh, you mm. know and you know that they're involved in some capacity you don't mm. know the details but you mm. don't question them either yeah. you know it's so not like when you're talking to them and you say how's business
3: you, know? yeah. you don't ask just don't ask <laughs> you know? questions you just, don't. <laughs> just talk pleasantry. <laughs> that's
1: a nice yeah. suit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's <Right>. You know, <laughs> weather's nice today <laughs> you know and I've got a good
2: mate who was uh, part of that the, in the police force when Piranha Squad were around and mm. I can't remember how high he got up whether he was second or third and uh you know even him telling me some of the stories they all knew each other yeah yeah the, no the i cost, remember going to carousel mm-hmm. and the um the yeah. underworld yeah they know each other they'll have a drink with each they other they drink well at too. the bar with each other they just wow. yeah, yeah wow. it's
3: almost like Two footy clubs, you know. It's like a... Actually, we do not read it's that? It's
2: like the Roosters with the,
3: you know, St. George players just yeah. having a drink after South. after yeah. work.
1: Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> it's like a game of chess in the way, isn't it? Mm. So you all become mates, but it's just the game. And if you get caught, you oh, all you got you me, you win. Give me this,
2: I'll give you a bit of that. It's like, you know, bartering and... But, yeah. you know, as long as the, you're not snitching. Yeah. Um, per se, true. as long as you're not crossing that, there's a line. You know, but yeah. underbelly, I think, getting back to that is is something that, you know, from from the from the sort of the word that I heard was Eddie Maguire and talking to Mick Gatto about that book mm. and saying, can we, do we have the blessing or, you know, that sort of mm. thing. And it sort of started and then once we started filming, um, there was all these legal issues that were coming up because a lot of the mm. characters were still alleged. Okay. So there was rewrites on names and so forth. The court and they, and they rushed it but it worked yeah Andrew mm. kitties did a great job and it sort of took off yeah and then it became a franchise they just did these these sort of sequences of underbellies that just kept going mm. it was you've um, got something coming up which has got that flavor can you talk about that yet okay so yeah well Peter Gawler, who wrote mm. underbelly and and last king of the cross approached me about a project that he wanted to create for me which Andrew kitties will direct and it's called called the Greek
1: Okay. Oh really? It's, a, it's
2: just it's a yeah, I get to play the Greek. Yeah. Um, but it's about a, dis- a disgraced cop who gets kicked off the force and sets up an agency with his five daughters and his wife, and they deal with things that no one else will deal with. So it's got that soprano. It's yeah, comedy. Say, it's got yeah. underworld. It's got all those flavours, and it's set in mm. Melbourne in Collingwood. And you. you know the characters. Are, you know, that sounds great. Played played for about three months for Collingwood Football Club. So he's. You know, he's a he's a diehard pies pies man, <laughs> oh, which is I not see. great for me. But, um, <laughs> he do no you go forward, cow! Ah, uh, damn it! i'm like sort of. But the good thing about that supporter. is it didn't come from me; it came yeah. from a, a, a non-Greek mm. who said, "I want to write this for you." And he's a really well-respected and award-winning writer. Mm. it has got a great title called "The Greek," yeah, and it's about a Greek family. But there's nothing. It's not an mythic stereo, You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to have real heart, soul, drama, comedy. So is it a
1: is it a mini series or a movie?
2: It'll be shot as a ten part series. Ten part series. And this is the this is the yeah
1: initial thought process. Initial
2: thought process.
1: Wow! And either what seven, nine, or ten will pick it up, no, or, no, or no. Netflix. We don't,
2: don't, don't you no. Know, it'd be more um, for cable. See with the free to air, it's hard because of those commercial breaks. Okay. Um, when you're writing, it, it depends on the style of the show. Yeah. It doesn't. To break it up with commercials, it's, um, it's it's not great for a drama.
3: Kings of the Cross was... Uh, that was paramount. Paramount, yeah. Which is great. It means there's work for us again, yeah. you know.
0: Well, you raise an interesting point because so much of what's going on now is being done specifically for streaming now as well with, you know, Netflix and Disney Plus and all that sort of stuff. Has that affected the way that people are writing now
2: and, you know, the format for, you know, for series now? You, well, I mean, like, you, when you're writing a series now, each episode is almost like a little film in itself. The other side, it's got that filmic yeah. quality now. Yeah, it's written like a film, written more filmically than it was yeah. episodic TV. Mm. So you've got your neighbours and, and um, Home and Away, which is a serial which is written in a sort of a, a formula yeah. where you can tune in three weeks later and you haven't missed much. Yeah, so, catch up. And um, they have beats you know, between each ad yeah, break as yeah, well. This yeah. is yeah. like... It's written with yeah. ads in, in mind. Yeah. But you know, when you're creating something with the idea of it being on Netflix or Stan, the whole whole idea is that it should feel like by the end of this one episode, is it like a film, let's say, yeah. you're sort of eager to stream and sort of go into the next one. Yeah. So what it does is, is create this need for... Um, so continuation. Like yeah. yeah, binge, how many binge. times? If you binge something, you just um, got. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's because keep there watching. hasn't been those ad breaks. Yeah, you've watched and you've engrossed, you've been engaged. it's sucked you in. So by episode three, you're thinking, "I've got to get to the end. I, yeah. mean, mm. I need to know what's going on. I need to yeah. know what's happened." <laughs> wow. So and it's then, called the, the Greek. beauty was, um, I don't know if you ever saw Money Heist. I never I saw mean, it, but the I Spanish, the yeah. Spanish one. I've mm. seen it pop up. I haven't seen it yet. Really but watch it? You can't. You just got to. You got to go to the next episode. But mm. there's a lot. That's just one example. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, of, of a lot of them. Blacklist is another one that got me. The American yeah. one. If you know, if you saw that. That's the one that got
1: me. Um, Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's just, what got me. I was
3: depressed when it finished. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
3: And I, I binged <laughs> through the whole thing, and then I went.
2: I don't know if you saw Ted Lasso. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, was it. A, <laughs> it was frustrating, Ted Lasso, because I wanted to watch <laughs> the next and the next and the next, but you couldn't. You know, so. What I did with the last one is I waited till they all landed. Yeah. And then just binged them all in one in night. In a day.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, I, I've, I debated whether I should do the same thing with the with the new Star Wars series on Disney. Yeah. yeah. I love Star Wars. So I've yeah. got the Ahsoka, Ahsoka yeah, Tano series yeah. now. Yeah. And it comes out every Wednesday. It's driving me mental. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, get, you
3: have to almost like leave a wednesday and then come yeah. back and watch two in a row. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's
2: like it's that's what it's done to you though. It's, yeah. it's like it's making you feel like it's one's not enough and they've picked up on it. Yeah. Right, and their algorithm or whatever it is and that's why they're now slow releasing. Yeah. Because it's it's a it's about how long can they hold you on contract for? Because mm-hmm. they know that every contract's um, is a month long. Yeah. And you're going to sign up for an extra month for a particular show but if so, so there's all that game playing because people are switching from, mm. from you know, from Paramount to Netflix to Stan. They're, they're playing that game a bit. And now sports come in and playing a big part, and they've separated sports so you can't watch it just on one channel. So you have got to go to Optus Sport for EPL, and you've yeah. got to go to KO for that one. You've and got to you have, have everything go now to stand for that one. So, it, yeah, you know, no why isn't it all on one channel all the mm. sport? That's right. You, know, and so that's, you can have and, all and of that's them what they're there. doing. And Disney's very smart the way that they've separated theirs, and they've got different, different, mm. almost different streamers within the one stream. And mm. So the Greek, it's called. And, and any, call the Greek. Call the Greek. And do any idea when it may come out? It's a hard one to say, but I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're up and running at some time, stage next year. Wow, that's pretty. So we got that. And have we've you got, started recording and doing? No, things? no, no, no. It's just oh, still yeah. in the writing and development stage now. Okay. It? Then we got another one that we're writing with um, Chris artist who mm-hmm. Chris wrote all of the Wog Boy stuff up until Kings of Mekanos Then sort of, but he, you know he's he's written films that are Indigenous films. Like he's a, he's mm-hmm. a great writer, TV writer. But we're working on a true story based on um, on my brother who played soccer. Mm-hmm. They entered the Fiveside World Cup Championship okay. in Seoul in 2000, 2002. As a bunch of just you know, Greek boys mm. you know, that were nearly 30, 29. And they think, we'll just play Melbourne. If we win Melbourne, we we'll go to Sydney. But they won Victoria. They came to Sydney. They won Sydney. So they went to Singapore. And they won Singapore. What? So now then they're off to Seoul. So they're starting to take it seriously, training. And they get to Seoul and they win the World Cup against America. But never got really any acknowledgement here because mm. it was during the time that soccer was being ethnically cleansed. Yes. Right? They didn't want any walk associations. Mm. How are they going to promote these these six Greek boys and a Jewish coach winning <laughs> the first ever Australian World Cup in soccer anywhere? What a, so I had no idea that this happened. They, what yeah, year was, was you know that? we don't because no. they, didn't, they didn't promote it. So that's being written and we're trying to get that up, you know. Can I just, just ask you a bit more about it? What year was that? The 2000, the story starts, and it, I think the World Cup was in 2002. It was sold, whatever year sold. Yeah, that was 2002. 2002.
1: Okay. 2002. And your bro, and any other players that we might uh, Kimon recognise? Kimon
2: Taliadoris joined the team towards the yep. end. I know him, yeah. Sam Meyer was the coach who was worked with Ferenc Pushkas and was working at the AIS for a bit. Mm-hmm. He was Polish and uh, a Hungarian Jew. Yeah. Chainsmoking Sam. Jamaranis was part of the team. There's us you wouldn't know. Yeah. No, the others you wouldn't know. Really? And one Chilean. There was one Chilean guy who... Who played for the Aussie Futsals but yeah. they kicked him out or you know, he didn't get picked and he ended up playing in the team that knocked out the Aussie official Australian futsal team as well. So yeah. not only did they knock out VIS, AIS and the Futsal, whatever they're called, mm. you know, they knocked out all the Australians. Still hadn't been given <laughs> a, an official jersey by Australia. Wow. Had to organise their own. <laughs> but they've ended up in you know in Seoul and And they won the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. What a story. at the very least there's a documentary in there that needs
0: to be made yeah look
2: maybe there's a podcast in it that is huge that was maybe. before
3: social media too so yeah there was no... yeah yeah
2: yeah. oh yeah. uh, look i think they got back and they put him on the footy show for about 30 seconds you know where the guests mm, sit yeah and they just sort of waved and that was uh, that was it kidding yeah that's a huge and this is your story. brother your younger brother yeah, yeah, yeah. what's his name Peter, Peter, Peter. Nicholas, yeah. go, Pete, all well done, is a mate. Huge story. This is a. I'm going to look into that. More, yeah, right? far out. Far out. I love all those stories. Yeah. Well, there's plenty going on
0: for you, yep. for both for both of you, and you know we're so glad that you've uh, you've taken the time, you know, to come back come back and talk to us, George. And uh, it's Tony, been a great afternoon, Tony, f- you. for you for Tom the first Nick. time. Where can people watch the show? Where can they follow what you're doing?
2: Uh, in Melbourne, we're at, uh, we we opened on the 11th mm-hmm. at the the Alex Theatre in St Kilda for two mm-hmm. weeks. Then here, 11th in, October, that is. and then at the Factory, we're from the 31st of October to the 12th, 12th of November. And if they just go to you www... Know, w.lifeofbyron.com.au mm-hmm. or on the socials. We'll ring up, we'll we'll check up the that Factory Theatre, yeah. I guess. And we're part of the Greek Festival here in Sydney. Fantastic. Fantastic. Or just could. Google you. I'm sure you're all over there if we Google you. Yeah. Again. Or just just look at George on Facebook. He's putting something up. <laughs> Every day. Or or regularly. regularly. That's, that's our job. <laughs> Classic. how <laughs> many times you get Life of Brian mentioned? Of I Life never get it. I never make the mistake. <laughs> yeah. I always say Life of Byron. Yep. Yeah. The actors make the mistake. Every now and Purposely and, and sometimes not purposely. <laughs> sometimes we just call ourselves George instead of Byron, so we yeah. are away from doing that one. Um, <laughs> and there's a, that's, that's purposely put there because the life of Brian yeah. is a... Is a well, it's know, very comedic. And we use that as a working title, but it's mm. also about a Jewish mother and son yep. trying right. to find out who his dad is, you know. <laughs> The only one in this one, he's not trying to find out who his dad is, but he wants to know who he is, in a way. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully Life of Byron isn't banned in as, in as many countries as Life of Brian was. Yeah, it was. It was banned, wasn't it? It was. It was. Bankrolled rolled by George Harrison. That That's film. That's right, George yeah. Harrison from The Beatles, yeah. It's the still, most expensive yeah. movie ticket ever, apparently. No, yeah. You don't know the story? No. Eric Idle went to him and said, you know, we want to make this film that the BBC's you know, backed out of it. EMI's backed out of it or whatever it was mm-hmm. and he says to him um, George goes oh, I'll give you the money yes, George it's like you know what was it like 20 million dollars or something like that he goes yeah, I'll down. give you the money yeah so he was yeah. like the executive producer yeah. wasn't so it? they made handmade films that company's like yep I'll make this company and I'll give you the money and the film yep. got made the most expensive movie ticket ever, anyone's ever paid. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But he would have got that
1: back. It did well, didn't oh, it? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. This is George Harrison. We're talking Beatle money here. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> anyway, digress. Gentlemen, thank you so much thank for being you on Ruzo
3: Talk. You, thank you very much. All the gents. best with it. Both of you.
1: We can't wait to see it.
3: Oh, good. All the best with it. So November
1: 1 to 12th.
3: 12th. Yeah. So yeah. first two weeks of November
1: in Sydney. Yeah. Perfect, wonderful. All right, done. Let's lock right. that in, Tom. Done and done. Well, mate. Good stuff, Nick. All great right. to see you again, mate. Awesome. Another mate.
0: episode down. We're closing in on the on the half century.
1: We are. We, it's nearly Jeez. fifty. That's episodes. fantastic. I can't believe that fifty
2: eps. Great. Well, that's well, it.
0: You right? Raise the bat, mate. Raise, raise the, the clowns. Bat. Fifty episodes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: We're We're nearly all. there.
0: Well, <laughs> good stuff. Uzotalkatoutlook at Outlook.com is the email. Check us out on social media at Uzotalk and at Uzor underscore talk on Instagram. Νίκα Θανασίου, George Caponiaris, Tony Nicolakopoulos. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Γεια μας, <laughs>
1: boys. See everyone. Ακολουθήστε μας στο SoundEase, στο Spotify, στο Apple Podcasts και στο Google Podcasts.